Hello, and welcome to Weekly Wholesome Words with Pastor Josh Drelecki of Twin Cities Grace Fellowship. Join Pastor Josh each week as he gives further insight into God's Word. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's broadcast and episode of Weekly Wholesome Words. We're going to continue to examine the issue of the eyes of our understanding. Again, that comes forth from the passage there in Ephesians chapter 1, as Paul states, the eyes of our understanding being enlightened. That means that they've already been enlightened. Paul is going to further enlighten them with the understanding of the spirit of wisdom and knowledge of our Father. And and what we're now doing and what we began to do last week is to take a look at when that eyes of our understanding being enlightened, what it is, and when that began to become a reality for us as believers. And that really got underway, first and foremost, with who God's made us to be in Christ. That we are dead to sin, and we are alive unto God. We have a new identity in Christ. It's something that God wants to make sure that we realize, and that we reckon it to be there, that we acknowledge it, count it true, no matter what experience or what our situation or circumstance dictates. And therefore, it's something that we don't experience. It's something that we don't see with the, the sight of our eyes. It's, it's something we don't see physically. We don't see the change that has taken place inwardly. We don't see the relationship change to sin that has taken place inwardly. We don't feel our new identity. And therefore, it's the eyes of, uh, of our understanding that began to be opened there in Romans chapter 6 and needed to be open there in Romans chapter 6 and that we had to begin to look at ourselves look at what God is doing inwardly and look at ourselves from God's perspective of who we now are in Christ and we needed to understand about the change that God made in regards to the law that we're no longer under the law but under grace and there's a lot of things that involve that, involve the, eye, involve the eyes of our understanding being enlightened. Well, the next major part, and that's what it is, a major part to this whole overall issue of the eyes of our understanding are in regards to what's set forth in Romans chapter 8. And in Romans chapter 8, again, the context is the issue, it's the epitome or the capstone of our sanctification and the doctrine of our sanctification in Christ. That our new identity is going to function in the context and the realm of being a son and daughter of God. And the implications of that are vast and far-reaching. The, the implications of being a son of God are in contrast to being a child. And a child functions in regards to tutors and governors under the law. Well, as sons, we're going to function under His grace, being led by the spirit of adoption. And the spirit of adoption and the issue of adoption, the implications of that set forth the sense and sequence of how and what the Father is going to lead us in and how the Spirit's going to lead us He's going to lead us in a curriculum, in an education, in an edification. And the very first thing that the Father does is to orient us and establish us 
in understanding what the education that the Spirit's going to lead us in as He's the Spirit of adoption, the goal, aim, and, and objective of the education. In other words, what the Father's business is all about. And as He describes what His business is all about, especially in regards to us today in this dispensation of grace, or as Paul says, in this present time, involves us looking at some things with the eyes of our understanding and not with our physical eyes. And that's why it's so important. Because in order for us to know the end result or the goal or the the carrot that, that God our Heavenly Father hangs out before us, in order to know what all of what God has done for us up until this point by His grace, what it's all geared towards, you only are going to come to know it and understand it by the words on the page and not with your physical eyes. And there's many things that we need to look at with the eyes of our understanding. And that's what these words do, and therefore they enlighten. These words are enlightening the eyes of our understanding. Now let's pick it up here in verse 16. After the initial orientation that we are the sons of God and that we are going to be led by the Spirit, it's another thing to walk after the Spirit, but we will, the Spirit always going to uh, lead us. He's always uh, available. He always wants to lead us. He knows where he's going. He knows the objectives get accomplished. The, the really the 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 weak the weak link in all of the spirit leading us is not the spirit not him leading but is us following us being committed us walking after the spirit but after he sets forth all of that he begins in verse 16 he says the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of god and if children then heirs heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Now we're just going to, we're not going to touch upon everything. We're just going to highlight the things that are involved in this passage that contain an element in them that demand for us to look at them with the eyes of our understanding and to understand them with not our physical eye, but with the eyes of our understanding and therefore produce the enlightening of those eyes. In the first one, besides the whole issue of the, the, what the underlying issue of the spirit leading us, that we don't feel this. We don't, um, I shouldn't even say that because in some senses we do. But as far as a, an unction of the Spirit or, or an overwhelming experience of a, a filling up of the Spirit as people come along and talk about, that's all just, that's all just heathen babble and, and heathen um, terminology and, and uh, uh, vain experiences that the religions of the world, which is all involved in in Baal worship, that's what they come along and talk about in regards to the Spirit. 
but the Spirit is going to lead us through the Word of God. And therefore, as we come to understand the Word of God in its order, in its sense and sequence, that's actually the Spirit leading us. In other words, you have the entirety of what the Spirit's going to lead you in contained in Romans through Philemon. The issue is, is as you follow it, as you go through it in the sense and sequence, that's the Spirit leading. So it's not a, a, a miraculous, overwhelming experience. It's going to be the words on the page, studying them, meditating upon them, getting them written down on your heart. That that is what the Spirit's doing. And the reason why I said it's not an issue of feeling is because the words are supposed to, at certain points, produce certain feelings, certain emotions. That's what's involved in the concept, the bowels of Christ. And so the underlying issue that involves the eyes of understanding is, of course, the Spirit, which Paul really begins to talk about and bring up the Spirit here in Romans chapter 8. I believe the other time the Spirit's mentioned is in not his, in in the sense of his non-activity just the fact of his existence is in Romans 5 when he's called the holy ghost but here he's the spirit and and the spirit there's activity and that activity again the spirit he's going to bear witness with our spirit that's the, that's the spirit of our mind a certain uh, uh, he's going to affect our thinking and the way in which he's going to affect our thinking is through these words. But the very first, besides that whole underlying issue of how we need to view all this with the eyes of our understanding, the very first component that contains an element of the eyes of our understanding, or we need to see it with the eyes of our understanding, is here in verse 17. He says, if so be that we suffer with him. That's with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we don't see the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, we wouldn't even think that he's suffering because we don't see him with our physical eye unless these words were telling us that we would suffer with him. And the, the, the issue is he's already suffering. The issue becomes, as the Spirit leads us in these words, is the privilege that we've been given to suffer with him. Come back with me to Acts chapter 9. I want you to see this. This actually even taking place in Israel's program. Do you remember that passage in the gospel accounts in regards to when the Lord Jesus Christ is going to return to this earth and he's going to judge the nations and he's going to say you've, uh, to a certain nation, a certain group of people, he's going to say, you fed me, um, you clothed me, you took me in, and those people, those nations are going to say, when did we feed you? When did we clothe you? He says, as much as you did it to the least of these, as the little flock, you have did it unto me. That God and the Lord Jesus Christ account what people do to his people is really doing it unto him. And see this, Saul, before the Apostle Paul was the Apostle Paul, when he was Saul, it was he was persecuting that kingdom church Look at what the Lord says when he, when he uh, appears to Saul on the road to Damascus. He says here in verse 5 of Acts 9, And he said, 
at Saul, Who art thou, who art thou Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. Now, he wasn't persecuting actually the Lord Jesus Christ. But who was he persecuting? Look at verse 1. And Saul yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord. There it is. The disciples of the Lord, he's going out to uh, to bring him into prison. Verse 2, And desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And the fact that he's doing that, and what he's already done when he was consenting to Stephen's death there in Acts chapter 7, is actually persecuting the Lord. What well, is a parallel issue in the dispensation of grace? Or, or, or in regards to the things that we're going to be involved in as the Spirit leads us and we actively participate in those things and put them on display, the response to that conformity to the image of Christ that we go through, the response is going to be negative. The response from the world and the policy of evil is going to go against that. And when we face those things, when we face those tribulations and persecutions, it is actually us suffering with Christ. Okay? But we wouldn't know that we're actually suffering with him. We're going to experience, we're going to feel, whether through someone's words, looks, attitude, or actually them laying their hands upon you and participating and putting you in prison, the things that could take place. We're going to actually experience those things. But the, the issue of knowing and understanding that suffering is with Christ is something you need to see with the eyes of your understanding. Look back at Romans chapter 8. Again, our time is already uh, eluding us. But let's look at one more. He goes on to say in verse 17, he says, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Now this being glorified together, this issue of the our part of our hope, an aspect and component of our hope of being glorified together with the Lord Jesus Christ, contingent upon suffering with Christ, is also something we need to see with the eyes of our understanding. Because it's yet a future expect it's it's a future earnest expectation and a confident expectation of a future event. Verse eighteen. But look at how that translates to the here and now. Verse eighteen. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time, so what we're going to go through right now, are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Boy, oh boy, God, our Heavenly Father, how is he opening the eyes of our understanding, but he's telling us that in order to deal with certain things in this life, in this present time, you're going to have to operate and function and utilize those eyes of your understanding because the sufferings are going to occupy, occupy your mind. They're going to negatively and adversely affect your mind but the glory that he's starting to describe to us that we can't see, it's a, it's a hope, it's a confident expectation of a future event, but it's yet future. We don't experience it, we don't see it, but we know it and we come to understand it by the words on the page. He says, 
the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. He's actually saying there's going to be some things that you see and that you experience that the way in which you deal with them is based upon something you don't see and you don't feel. The eyes of understanding, folks, really begin to be enlightened here in Romans chapter 8. Well, we're going to pick it up here in Romans chapter 8 next week and continue to look at the eyes of our understanding and the things that make up the enlightening of those specific eyes that are not only created by God our Heavenly Father, but are produced and are open for us through the living words of the living God living within us. Until next time, look up. Thanks for joining Pastor Josh for this week's episode of Weekly Wholesome Words. Join him next week for another look into God's Word. Until next time, look up.